Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everyone, welcome back for the first episode of June of the Secure Chat Podcast. And today I am joined by Derek. Derek, how are you doing? Always great, Corey. Thanks for having me back here. I don't yes. know why I uh, keep getting the invite. I don't think I anyone wants to work with me. I thought I messed it up enough, <laughs> but here I am. I must be pretty hard to work with because we'll cycle through some people. I've gone through Sean. I've gone through Daisy. Danny, we had you on a podcast and I just keep getting Derek, so... I guess misery loves company, so here we are. But today we're going over just a high-level overview of Azure. So this is going to be the first part to a two-part series in June where we talk about Azure in the first episode, and then the second episode is going to be a follow-up about just Archon's offerings around uh, the Azure stack. So with this being said, Derek, do you kind of want to just give in uh, an intro of either what is Azure or kind of what your role is within Azure at Archon? Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to start with, how many people do you hear call it Azure? Azure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like whatever the corporation, uh, I think Microsoft Inspire is coming up and they're going to hopefully never use that word, but I feel like it's like apricot, apricot. We need to pick one because mm-hmm. you can't be both. Um, that being said, we'll call it Azure for this for sake of this podcast. And uh, if you've been living under a rock, Azure, it is a hyperscale cloud environment. Um, that means many things. But for the sake of a 101 quick, quick update uh, for those getting up to speed, Azure allows you to basically burst uh, to pretty big scale on-demand um, compute um, applications, tools. All that stuff can literally be scripted up, scripted down on-demand, uh, which is a huge advantage over the traditional on-prem data center or third-party data centers that are running traditional tier three facilities like RVI with Archon today. Um, Azure is not the only one. There's Google Cloud. There's also AWS. I would say each have a a pro and con. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But those are the big three. Um, IBM's kind of an outlier to that. And Alibaba is also um, making a little bit of headway globally. Uh, And again, pros and cons to each of those two. For sure. Yeah, and definitely... uh, the cloud or just Azure, AWS, Google Cloud, like it's in the news a lot now because that's just where IT is going. And it's not really like cutting edge at this point, right? It's been around long enough that it's just good practice to be moving everything to the cloud because we've seen just vulnerabilities with on-prem and just also not only are we seeing a bunch of vulnerabilities on-prem, but we're also seeing uh, like the hybrid scenario where on-prem and the cloud can talk with each other well. It like it secures the business, uh, things are more scalable. And things are also uh, easy or more available as well. So it's just kind of a good move for everyone to start moving to the cloud. But with this being the first episode, just kind of want to get your feet wet with kind of what is it? I know you see like the have you seen the IBM commercials 
where they're talking about how your company can can go to a hybrid cloud and it sounds like super high yeah, tech and just commercials <laughs> i would I get so pumped up my, i'll be like sitting in the living room my roommates will look at me and be like this like this is the stuff you deal with like that seems crazy like, nah, it's not that complicated don't let like, don't <laughs> let don draper the fifth uh <laughs> trick you because it's yeah they've got great commercials i remember when they had uh, os2 warp and that was like supposed to take over for windows 95 um and if anybody's <laughs> that experience trying to run OS2 Warp. It was an absolute disaster. Um, it was very unstable. Mm -hmm. It worked for certain things, but it was IBM, so it was a name you trust. Yeah. Um, and IBM's great, and I think they're doing actually a lot of stuff in the medical medical area for cloud. Um, but yes, their commercials look amazing. Fantastic. You just want to sign up for that free account <laughs> right away and start... They don't realize it's just me resources. on the back end doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But um, do you want to get into kind of like what is your role in Azure here? Yeah, for sure. So I work for the managed services team. So what we try to do is make a lot of our clients will kind of call in and just kind of you know, spitball with us and, and do architectural reviews. And they want to know, OK, I've got this you know, bag of toys. What, does this make sense? Am I doing things right? Should I be doing things a little bit differently? What's the newest, latest technology? Is that overkill when I maybe just need something steady state? So a lot of times Azure does come up. Um, for us, specifically at Archon, um, we are CSP Gold Partner, which is a, a pretty big deal as far as weeding out the fake players out there who are kind of running IT MSP shops out of a garage still, and those that actually have uh, dedicated SMEs on different applications, tools, and, and abilities. Um, so what we do is we try to right-size people. Um, there's a lot of huge advantages that we've leveraged in Azure today. Most of them really just start with encrypted storage. Uh, it's storage is such a commodity. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Um, it's 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 a race to zero essentially, and nobody's going to be able to keep up with the the price points that some of these hyperscalers have out there. Um, but storage is just a basic fundamental thing that you do. Uh, encrypted, uh, keeping stuff archival. Once you've got your storage in place, you can wrap so many things around that. And even if you don't go to storage, you can go to a platform as a service right away if you've got some good Web 2.0 chops. Um, really, you just want to make sure you're putting the right things in Azure mm -hmm. and focusing on keeping them protected in Azure. That's going to come with a little bit different rule set. But essentially, anything that's that needs elastic demand, it's a great fit. Yeah. Anything that's like, if you're a... If you're a you know, call it like a, a ticket broker and you want to start, you know, selling tickets to a big event. Well, you don't need that compute to be on 24 seven full tilt all times. You probably ramp up before an event and then, you know, Lollapalooza is a great example in Chicago. Yeah. I'm sure they're not, they're probably in Azure AWS somewhere where it scales up and scales down as needed. For sure. Yeah. So to kind of paint a full picture here, so Derek will go in and just kind of figure out what the what the client needs, how, like you said, right fit them. And then I'll be kind of more on the back end as the guy that can carry out some of the stuff. So I'm not able to do everything in Azure, but there's definitely some times where I'm able to help out. But then, so I'm not in kind of like those frontline scenarios where I'm assessing uh, the client's environment, but are you seeing in the industry right now, like, so Azure get as far as like security, um, availability, uh, the ability to like scale up or down and then between like storage as well, what are you seeing people be like most interested in? Or is it kind of bits and pieces of all four to paint one picture? Yeah, I would look at Azure as like an octopus with more than eight tentacles. Yeah. Um, it goes it goes miles wide and deep as you 
probably need to go for the most part for traditional IT and infrastructure. But um, generally speaking, it depends really what the customer's trying to do. Uh, if, you, if you're trying to serve low latency to users or clients on on the edge, you want to have multi-site Azure. So you're gonna, you're, you're, we had a call today where um, one of our customers is looking to, they're in manufacturing. So they've got facilities in China, um, China, Europe, and United States, and they want to make sure that using Azure, all their AD is protected. So that's mm-hmm. a very simple, you know, Azure AD. It's, it's, it's a pretty simple thing. You're going to yeah. wrap MFA around it. But on top of that, they want they want the VMs that their end users are, are hitting to be fairly close to, you know, get rid of latency issues. Mm-hmm. So Azure is a good play for that. You don't really want to try to procure, you know, servers that sit in different countries with different VAT taxes. And it's a logistics nightmare when yeah. you can just tie to the nearest Azure or AWS pop that's in the, you know, in that in that region. Yeah. Uh, or continent, um, but other stuff that parlays from that uh, security. I mean, you can you can do a lot of cool things with with security and, and software that kind of goes out there and and scrapes environments that sit in Azure. Um, a lot of things we're seeing is the devs that create these things make them work. They don't necessarily make them work in a secure way. So you kind of have to have a second wave come through there, make sure that all the things are you know locked down, buttoned down, and. Not only that, but you got to report on it because these environments are live and they're dynamic and they're constantly changing. So you got to always make sure that they're constantly looking back and you know you're constantly doing tests to make sure that somebody hasn't left you know a, a, a contracted worker's account you know wide open still. For sure, yeah, and that would be no fun. So to give a quick like one hundred and one breakdown of just Azure and and kind of like the benefits of moving to Azure if you're a company that's still on prem, we have the scalability of it. So if you just need to scale up or down on demand, you're able to do that very easily and you don't have to go through the process of buying a completely new server, spinning it up, managing it. Um, it's a lot. It's it's essentially like renting a car versus buying a car, like getting a zip car real quick if you need to go get groceries versus buying a new car to go get groceries. So you have the um, scalability of it. You also have the availability. So like you mentioned, Derek, Azure AD, like Azure AD compared to regular Active Directory is just kind of night and day with how you can manage computers and what you can do with accounts. Like you no longer have to be connected to a VPN that's talking to the domain controller for different policies to hit. These people just need to have an internet connection. So like what we saw with coronavirus is the the cloud played a big role in being able to manage user environments because they no longer had to always be connected to the VPN for policy changes to hit their computers. Like we were able to just do that remotely over the internet connection and we could have our whole workforce working from home um, and still know that we had a good kind of peek into our environment. So you've got uh, availability, uh, scalability, then you have the security side of it. So there's, you know, even like the disaster recovery side or um, you're able to you're able to have like a, a better peak of your environment. There's more tools that you can put into place to see what is happening in your environment and just making sure everything is locked down. Um, you're also able to create kind of better rules around accounts just to make sure that they only have access to what they need. And then you have the storage piece that you mentioned that just their storage is, is yeah, so it's well. storage is vanilla. And with respect to with DRAS, uh, that's a great example. So on prem. Um, let's just say you've got two sites, East Coast, West, West Coast, U.S. You still have to pay for those servers to be ready to go if you have a disaster call mm-hmm. and you want to spin up live. In Azure, the bonus is you could have the blueprint of everything that comes on, 
all the you know all the blueprints of the VMs, the the rules, the conditions, the the networking, all ready to go. Um, obviously, there's still a human component of swinging IPs um, in the event of a disaster. But the best part about using Azure for a scenario like that is you don't have to pay for anything other than the storage that's probably going to hydrate into these VMs that you spin up, which means although those computers are sitting there ready to go, you're not paying for their reservation in the event of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, double-edged sword to that, though, is if you're in a pay-as-you-go model and not you know, going with a partner like Archon, you're going to be susceptible to uh, a hurricane that, you know, Hurricane Sandy caused a ton of issues with people that were on pay-as-you-go models in, in all the hyperscalers because as the hurricane was coming up the East Coast, all of a sudden the spot pricing on a VM was skyrocketing because yeah. everybody was everybody and their uncle was losing their their on-prem data centers trying to spin up live in Azure and all of a sudden the resources that were there which seem infinite mm-hmm. really aren't there's a limit um, yeah so then the smart customers then start push, pushing stuff to the Midwest uh, if not the West Coast so it, it's tricky you got to be careful what you're doing but you know with with Archon what we kind of provide is that roadmap for clients to do it in a in a well structured way and at the same time we can give, you know, a better a better understanding of what that's going to look like if an event hits yeah. for DRAS. But it's definitely one of those use cases. Yeah, when I actually just spoke on availability, I did say it in the sense of like Azure AD, but uh, also being able to put like backup servers in different geolocations oh, sure. is yeah. such a big plus with Azure. Where if you know, a, you know, let's say we're back in the on-prem world, if your office loses power and you have all your you know, servers inside of your office, you're in big trouble. That but, sounds so like 2005. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so many people still do. Yeah, I was probably, yeah, I was probably playing Little League Baseball when that was still a thing. But like, now that we have Azure, we're able to just push it right off to a different geolocation. Yeah. You might have higher latency, but it's better than being completely down. And so, and I would say to kind of bring it full circle on Azure 101, and, and maybe we'll get into a, a deeper podcast here, but the smartest of the clients on that hyper, hyper cycle, whatever you call it, um, the smartest clients, what they'll do is they'll figure out their applications and what what portion of their applications work full tilt, steady state, within like a very small underutilized or high optimized, very small underutilized delta, and they'll just roll out cabinet after cabinet of gear in a in a in a tier three data center. Now, when they you know need to burst, they'll still have their hooks into Azure AWS, but the hybrid environment is really kind of the the utopia of the smartest user because they know mm-hmm. that I've got this process that clips at a growth rate of X. So all they do is make sure that they've got servers coming in a supply chain to meet X every every month or every quarter. Once they suffice that, and we're talking usually like Hadoop clusters and yeah. other things that it's very known steady state compute. Everything else that's burstable, that de- demands elasticity, 100 percent you're going to be tying into azure and stuff a lot of times the easiest way to explain that is like uh, black friday cyber monday if you're in that if you're in that retail space 100 percent you've got some kind of burstability with um, scripts ready to go to just turn up stores as you yeah. need um your shopify's your your um etsy stores all that stuff lights up during the holidays for good reason but why would you have it you know, 25% utilized during the rest of the year. Makes no sense because it's depreciating, um, you know, money you've spent on those servers. Exactly. And we've actually, I've thrown out the term dynamic, like in other podcast episodes about different topics, but just IT as a whole is so dynamic now where things are moving so quickly that it's so nice to have something like Azure that moves quickly with it. Or, you know, even, 
usually I use it in, in the terms of like rapid seven where you can get a peek into your environment, but just being able to like using tools that give you a peek inside of your environment and also let you respond to situations is kind of the benefit of the cloud. It allows you to carry out uh, what needs to be done in that moment for a low cost price. And that's kind of a great way to like sum up the cloud. For sure. And we'll get into some of the specifics on the next podcast. But what you're really kind of hinting on is the cottage, cottage industry that's now flowing into these hyperscalers and what they're doing. So everything you knew as a traditional, you know, bare metal service or, you know, toaster buzzing away in the data center mm-hmm. on-prem closet, uh, those things are virtualized environments now in your Azure, you know, Azure tenant, and they're doing most of what they did before, but now even more because it's it's only limited by the amount of uh, programming that you can get behind it. Yeah, and there's just so many other solutions that that Azure offers. We're just kind of scratching the surface on this, and it, there's different ways you can incorporate things. There's different ways you can scale things, but. We're getting to a time again where it's so dynamic that then it's also nice to have uh, to have somebody in your back pocket that also knows what they're doing with that. So it's one thing to have all the license you need to be able to carry out some of these stuff, but then it's a completely different ballgame to understand how to make it all work together to create an efficient environment. It's not an efficient environment just because it's the cloud. And I think that's probably one of the most common like yeah. misconceptions. Like, well, it's in the cloud, we're good to go. The first rule you learn is, oh, someone didn't turn that off. And it, it yeah. doesn't, it's not specific to Azure. It's anybody yeah. that's, that's tooling around for the first time. Um, not turning something off or having a production environment spiral out of control. Uh, those providers really don't, they're not that, <laughs> when you, when you say, when you call them up and say, Hey, I forgot to turn something off. They don't, care. they don't really <laughs> care because you signed a contract yeah. and what you've essentially probably done in, in the process is locked yourself in for a, a five-year contract on something you were just, you know, putting your toe in the water in the first place. So yeah. be very careful. And that's why and we'll talk about that more, but DevOps is important. DevOps is really mm-hmm. making sure that your stuff is optimize in Azure because it's not it's not their job to tell you to turn things off and it, it kind of goes against their profit model so I, actually kind of funny story my my brother is he's uh, working on his PhD at Ohio State right now but he had to like spin up an Azure server for something or I, I he was like playing around with it who knows but he just called me out of the blue one night and he's like do you have to turn servers off like when you're done playing with them in Azure? And I was like, like big time. And he's like, oh, I've got like a $250 bill from a server that I've just left running that I didn't even know that they could rack this up. He's like, is there any way to get out of it? And I was like, you should probably just pay it. Yeah. Let's get the CEO's uh, number on quick dial. <laughs> PhD, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's going to be an awkward Father's Day for you this. Oh, yeah. This he's weekend. definitely, he's the smarter, more successful one. I'm over here flipping Azure. (laughs) But that's pretty much all we've got for the Azure 101. Um, That's just kind of like a brief introduction of of what it is. It kind of gets your feet wet and kind of gets your mind moving in the right direction when it comes to like cloud scenario. Um, Next week, we will be explaining, or next episode, we will be explaining more in depth on how Archon can help create an efficient environment, kind of like where we can assist and what our process is. So, Derek, I do want to thank you for being on this episode, but unfortunately, you do have to come back for the second episode. Hey, not a problem. It's my <laughs> pleasure to spend a little bit of time with Mr. Pomeroy's second favorite son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you back here later in the month where we'll be talking about kind of what Archon can do for you. Thank you. Thanks, all.